joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I'm Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host for today's fabulous show. And my guest today is Robin Webb. And I want to just pose some questions to you because Robin Webb is here to help us out with something I think we all have a little trouble with. Let me ask you, does grocery shopping always seem to be more of a hassle than it should be for you? Are you looking for new ways to prepare meals with less stress and more flavor? Mm. Well, my guest today, the award-winning cookbook author and nutritionist Robin Webb, is going to show us how we can take stress out of grocery shopping and meal planning, not only for ourselves, but if you're a diabetic or you have been diagnosed as pre-diabetic, um, you definitely want to tune in and listen to this because what she's going to offer us today is going to help not just those that are regular folks that don't have any health and wellness issues, but also people with diabetes or that have been diagnosed as pre-diabetic. So welcome to Blissful Living, Robin. Thank you very much. And I just want to get in, Just I just want to jump really right into the thick of things because um, this is a topic I know I've struggled um, at times with myself with, oh, my gosh, I have to go do that, you know, that chore, that infamous chore of grocery shopping or, you know, planning the meal for the family. And when you ask people what do they want, they're like, I don't know, whatever you cook. So um, this this could be so stressful even so for so many moms out there. So what I want to ask you is, first of all, how did you come up with the idea of creating um, a cookbook specifically for people like myself or those that have diabetes or prediabetes, um, you know, to help us out with our grocery shopping? Well, you know, I always see people struggle, and I always thought, you know, there has to be a better way. And if people can just organize themselves in the supermarket better and really think in terms of meals rather than just picking up this or that, then they would be better off. Um, and so I came up with this whole system of how to use four different areas of the supermarket, the salad bar, the deli, the frozen food section, and the shelf staple section to actually create meals. So you know like when you get home and you buy all these things and then you peer into your grocery bag and you go, I can't make anything from what I just bought. Well, this book really solves that, and it teaches you how to really make use of those four different areas. For instance, most people will go to a salad bar and they just might pick out some fixings naturally for a salad, but I teach you how to make an omelet from it. I teach you how to make a pizza from it. I teach you how to make a salad from uh, a different kind of salad, uh, much more interesting than what the offerings that they have, um, and just how to make the food just so much more enticing. 
um, in the frozen food department rather than just picking up a frozen meal. It's about how do you use some of the frozen uh, pastas, for instance, some of the frozen rice. How do you creatively use the frozen vegetables? So it's just taking the foods that are already available and putting them together in such a way that you can make a meal and a meal that's interesting and healthful and, of course, supports people with diabetes. I like the way how you said that you like you take it and you break it down into the four, I want to say, subsections of the grocery store. Um, I really like that because I think sometimes when people go into the store, they just get overwhelmed. And, you know, a lot of people go on with lists and a lot of people don't go on with lists. And you're exactly right. When we get home, we've may have gotten everything on our list, but then you're like, okay, so what am I going to cook for dinner tonight, you know? Right, um, right. The fact that you take it and you break it into four subsections, it makes a big chore into smaller pieces, and usually those smaller pieces are, you know, much more easier to digest, so to speak. So let me ask you, for instance, if you, um, me, I'll just use me, if I'm going to the grocery store and I'm utilizing your, you know, your four subsection strategies, what would you tell me to do first? Well, first of all, the very first thing is to is to find out what flavors you like and uh, how much time you really want to spend in the kitchen because my book runs the gamut from extremely fast to things that just take time. You're not it's not hands-on time, but will take time by the time you, you know, it gets finished on the stove or in the oven to come to your table. So you have to first kind of decide what do you like and how much time you want to invest. Um after that, then you look and see well, what what are more of your interests? Is it stuff that's, you know, canned and boxed, or would you rather uh, stock up on frozen foods? So you have to kind of decide where you want to go with all of this. Um, and then I think you have to look in terms of, you know, who are you feeding? Is it just yourself? Um, if it's just yourself, perhaps you only need to make one or two dishes a week from, from the book and then just live off of them. Is this for a family? So you have to kind of look at everything. And then from the diabetes perspective, you also have to look at, you know, what kind of food program for you is making a difference in managing your blood sugar. Or do you prefer to be a vegetarian? Or do you prefer to can still continue to add animal protein in your diet? Do you want to follow a little more low-carbohydrate? Are you looking at high fiber? You know, what what what's going to really work best for your blood sugar management? So those are some of the questions that you want to ask yourself first. Um, and then, of course, you know, like anything – Everyone has a budget, so you have to look at what you're willing to spend in the grocery store. Sometimes things can be remarkably inexpensive that we think are, are expensive, and some things can shock us. So um, I think it's important to look at your budget and what you have there. Um, and then beyond that, I think it's just a really – my system is just really great because it, it takes the overwhelm out of walking into a supermarket blindly. And if you just think in terms of those four areas, the salad bar, the deli, frozen foods, and shelf staple, and then take the book with you as you shop, you'll be able to just organize yourself a lot better than, you know, kind of aimlessly wandering up and down the the aisle saying, I don't know what I want to eat. You know, better to go with a plan. I like that. Now, let me, I, I, um, I'm going to be a little bit of a, I don't know, instigator, I guess. Let me okay. let me put it that way. Okay, sure. so I've got my I've got my, you know, I know what I like, I know who I'm cooking for, I've got my list, I've got your book. Um is there is where is there a right place to start? For instance, should I start at the should I start at the fresh, you know, fruit produce or should I start at the deli? Probably. Or 
probably starting it actually on the shelves because okay. technically in the in the store itself, you want to get your frozen food last, unless you're going to bring a cooler with you. But that would be really ambitious. Some people <laughs> do it, um, but you know, as as food sits, it does defrost, even if it's a bit chilly in the grocery store. You want to do that last. Um, any fresh food you want to do absolutely last. So I would start with the um, shelf staple first then probably move on uh, between the salad bar and, and the deli. And lastly, I would I would throw things in from the frozen food department. So that's how I would organize yourself. And you know what's interesting about my whole system? People have told me, you know, for years, dietitians have always said, you know, only shop the perimeter of the store. That's where really you're going to find everything healthy. Well, that's true, but not true. If you go through and you really look at some of the shelf-stable foods that are available today – they are a whole lot healthier than, you know, it used to be just box jello that used to sit in those yeah. aisles. And now we have everything. You know, if you can find you can find canned beans, of course, we, we do recommend BPA-free uh, as much as possible. You can find wonderful condiments and olive oils and vinegars and mustards and uh, whole grain pastas and all kinds of different whole grains. And just, there's a bevy of things that are right there in the middle of the aisles that for years – probably with some haste, you know, dietitians have said don't shop in this aisle. And I understand why, you know, for the longest time it really was a lot of processed food. But now, you know, there's a lot of good unprocessed food in the middle of those aisles. So that's where I would start. And your 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 shelf staple foods are really your flavor base. So when you tell a person who has diabetes that they have diabetes, the first thing that they usually think about is, oh my god, what am I going to eat? And is it going to taste as good? So that middle of the aisle is so fabulous because you've got all these fabulous spices and herbs and condiments to kind of really zip up the food. So once the pantry is really set, then you can move on. And if you you look in my chapter of the shelf staple foods, some of the ingredients all come from the shelf staple. There's no no other place you need to shop. And some are combinations. You'll need to then mosey on over to the salad bar or a deli or, or a frozen food to complete the recipe. But um, if you have a whole if you have a really well stocked pantry, you'd be amazed what you can produce. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I want to know more. Okay, so if I'm starting at the beginning, I mean I'm coming in the grocery store and I'm starting at the shelf staple foods. And I, you know, get all my wonderful condiments, and and I, I'm particularly, um, you know, like the spices and the herbs and things of that nature. Where do you should, where do you suggest I go after that? Should I go? I mean, I know you said that you know we should do our frozen foods last and our fresh produce last, but should I head over to the deli section? Um, and if so, what what should I be looking at? Um, as an enticement or an enhancement, enhancement to my meal preparation if I do go to the deli section next? Well, um, what I would do there, um, most of the basis of the deli section in the book is really choosing the lowest sodium, perhaps even just home, you know, what I call home cooked, the supermarket cooked, you know, a, a breast of turkey rather than getting it from a manufacturer. Look for the fresh, low sodium, if you're not certainly a vegetarian, um, turkeys and chickens and even roast beefs, very, very lean. Start with them because they'll be the base of some of the recipes in the book. Um, other things that you can certainly get from your deli, and as long as you know what's in them. And you know what I always find? It's a great question because I always find that the deli managers, they're just these really nice people. I've been to so many supermarkets doing you know research for the book. 
and such really nice people who really want to share what's in the case. So ask them. Um, things like salsa and things like hummus, um, those are all used in the book that you can get from a deli. And what's great about that is that you don't need. You can do it by the pound or by the ounce of what you need. Sometimes, I am even guilty of it, sometimes I will buy too much that's already pre-prepared in a jar, and I really never do finish the rest of it. Is it a waste per se, maybe you have a few dollars, but wouldn't it be nice if you you really only need a certain amount and that's all you want. Um, so that's why I think the deli is great because you can vary the amount that you need. And that's a big savings for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people stay away from these, these sections. They don't go to the deli, they don't go to the salad bar for fear that it's more expensive. Now when you look at the prices of them, they may be on the surface, but think about that you're just taking what you need. You know, the produce department is exactly never has really kept up with a single shopper i mean when was the last time you saw enough uh, parsley just enough for one person you know it's parsley for the entire neighborhood you know so they don't keep up with it per se for single people or people who are just a couple or people who are very busy and maybe you know they're only eating in you know three nights a week or two nights a week. Um, so with the advantage of a salad bar and of a deli is that in the long run, it might save you money because you get only what you really need. Mm, nice, very nice. I, I like that because, you know, nowadays, um, you know, there farmer mark, farmer's markets and things like that are coming back into play as people understand and, and process the fact that, you know, really eating fresh produce and locally grown produce is really good. But, you know, a lot of times people go to the grocery store and they just, you know, they have their list or not, and they just shop and, you know, they buy, you know, a lot of times too much. Um, and then it goes to waste. And so I like how you said just really focus on buying what you need. Ask the deli person behind the deli counter, you know, for the lower sodium items, especially for you people out there that may have prediabetes or, um, di- or diabetes. Really, really good to um, connect with the people that work at the store because they really do know where the, you know, the products are that you're looking for without us having to try and go around and look at labels and things of that nature. So I really like that suggestion, just going to the deli after this um, staple shelf stuff, going to the deli and really looking at that and, and incorporating some things like hummus and, and you know, um, Fresh, fresh salsa, right. Yeah, right. fresh salsa into that, into your meal planning could um, really give you a wealth of stuff when you get home that you can create really fabulous meals, especially if you're using Robin's cookbook. And now, Robin, I kind of want to shift a little bit because I know that um, with our obesity problem that we have here in the United States, and I'm, you know, I'm particularly focusing on the United States. I know it's a problem throughout the world, but really, really, really here in the United States, I've seen it grow tremendously Oh, that's a pun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, caught that, I caught that pun. I caught that. <laughs> I've seen it grow tremendously over the you know over the course of my lifetime, and and so you know these people are really pre predisposed to you know pre diabetes and diabetics, and so I know diabetics really like their food, and when you've been diagnosed newly with diabetes or you're in that pre diabetic condition state, you start people start freaking out because they think that they're going to have to. Uh, not be able to enjoy the taste of the food as they used to. And can you just share some tips for our 
diabetic listeners out there that may enhance their ability and their experience when they go to the grocery store so that they're not so focused on what they can't eat anymore, but what they can eat and what they can add to what they're eating that can truly enhance their whole you know, food experience that's going to help them in the long run. Right. Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, at the American Diabetes Association, we have never, you know, prescribed a per se diabetic diet. So when people are first diagnosed with diabetes, A, we recommend that definitely see not only their physician, but a registered dietitian, and even on top of that, a certified diabetes educator. So to look what's personal for them. And you're right, they need to look at what they can eat because there is plenty that they can eat. So if we looked at fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and on occasion having a little sweet treat, you'd be amazed how much, you know, really there isn't, there's a change perhaps in quantity. There'll be a change in perhaps using less overall saturated fat. There'll be a change in changing from refined, if they're eating any refined uh, carbohydrates such as white flour products, white pasta, white rice. That'll be the change. But other than that, really there is so much that a person with diabetes can eat. So if we go through the supermarket, really the entire produce department is right there. I mean, every single thing in there, it'd be fine. And, you know, you hear the miss don't eat potatoes and don't eat bananas and, you know, all those little crazy things. And really for a person with diabetes, they need to not listen to that. They need to listen to their physician. They need to listen to their registered dietitian um, because there's plenty of food that they can eat. If we went up and down the shelves area, I mean, we've got, you know, brown rice, we've got quinoa, we've got whole wheat pasta, we've got beans, we've got every kind of condiment under the sun, plenty to eat there. You know, we go through, uh, you know, the frozen food department, all the the vegetables that are in there. Like I said earlier, we have some great uh, whole grain pastas that are frozen uh, that you can do. And again, through the salad bar, there's practically nothing that they couldn't do except all the gobby, gloopy stuff, which no one wants anyway, that's drenched <laughs> in mayonnaise. You know, and if we went through the deli, again, all the lean you know, proteins that we can do and some of the fresh items are, are good as well. So a person with diabetes, there is a lot that they can eat. It's a matter of, I always think of it, it's a matter of some good tweaking, um, because people with diabetes usually c- can come in with either, you know, they've just been eating too many refined carbohydrates, their portion size just may be, a, you know, too much, too out of hand. Um, uh-huh. If somebody needs a really good overall, a registered dietitian can take care of that. I mean, you know, there are people who really eat extremely poorly, um, and, you know, that takes a whole lot more work. Um, but a person with diabetes doesn't have to feel like they're just going to be eating a carrot stick and a cube of to- tofu. I mean, it doesn't work that way. Um, <laughs> you know, we've learned a whole lot more. So, again, if, when a person is diagnosed, they need to hightail it right to a registered dietitian so that they can sit down and really see how much they really can eat. And, you know, here's the thing about that, too. People say, oh, my God, I can't have my cakes and my cookies and this and that. You know what? You might not be able to have a lot of that anymore. And wouldn't it be worth it to have great health? You know, you, sometimes you got to give up a little bit to get a lot back. And, uh, you know, people have, with diabetes and with any ailment, heart disease, you know, really have to look at 
yeah, you know, it was fun eating all that stuff. But, you know, what's going to be more fun? My health's going to be more fun. I'm going to live longer. I'm going to be able to run around with my kids. I'm going to have better energy at work. I'm going to be able to accomplish what I need to accomplish. I'm not going to suffer so badly. You know, people with diabetes, not so, you know, reversible, but very livable if you're really taking very, very good care of yourself. And that takes work. And you know what? I won't sugarcoat <laughs> There's a pun. I won't sugarcoat it. Um, but, um, you know, people with diabetes, you got to work hard. You know, I wish I could tell people, you know, ah, now it's a piece of cake. Here we go again, another pun. It's a piece of cake. But, you know, that, that it's yeah, yeah, know. Girl. yeah, right there. I'll be here all week. Yeah. So anyway, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's hard work. It's hard work, and that's just the way it is. You know, um, the the effects of diabetes are are really ravishing on the body. They really are, and you know, they, sometimes you just really have to face the facts. Do you want to eventually have a leg amputated? Do you want to go blind? Do you want to risk a stroke? Do you want to risk a heart attack? I mean, it sounds so doom and gloom and grim, but those are the things that are going to happen. So next time when you think about having, you know, four donuts, you'll think again that it's not worth doing. So Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I really love it. Um, you know, it, it, it's just fascinating to, you know, hear people that have been diagnosed or on the verge of being diagnosed um, with diabetes and how they just think that, you know, their life is coming to an end because they can't eat all the stuff that they used to can can eat. And it's like, no, your life is really actually just beginning. If you continue to eat and do the things that you're doing, you will have renal failure. You will become a dialysis patient. You will lose one or both limbs. You will have a heart attack. You will, you know, so, uh, you know, I can go on and on and on and on and on about that, but... What I want to share with people is it's not it's not like how it used to be because I think globally the world has become so more aware of what's in our food and how it contributes to our health and wellness state that um, it's just allowing you to pay a little bit more attention and to really love and nourish your body like you should be doing so that you can have your limbs and that you don't have renal failure and you don't end up being a dialysis patient Um, or, you know, heart attack or stroke or all those other horrible, horrible things that come along with diabetes when a person does not take care of themselves. So I I like how your cookbook is really designed for, you know, not just the normal everyday person like myself, but also those with, you know, prediabetes or diabetic conditions, because I think a lot of times they think their their life is going to have to change right. drastically through their food, and in essence it's not. And I like you mentioned the carrot and the tofu, and I just want to share with the diabetics out there that she also mentioned when you go to the shelf staples, that's where you find your condiments and that's where you find your herbs and spices. Well, take that carrot and take that tofu, cut it up, right. you know, go. Use those herbs and spices and voila, actually get Robin's cookbook because I'm sure she has some wonderful, wonderful recipes in there where you can use the various herbs and spices to spice up and make that tofu and those carrots really, really yummy to the point that you start wanting to have that type of food. And, of course, you know, your waistline will get slimmer and you'll feel better and you'll have more energy. And, Robin, I I want you to – you mentioned in um, just a – what you were saying was about, you know, just being able to tweak the diet for the diabetics just a little bit. Can you share a couple of tips 
um, for the listeners out there that may or may not be facing diabetes or may have a family member, something that they can do or a couple things that they can do to just tweak their diet so that they don't feel like they're making these, you know, huge drastic changes, but they're still able to eat and enjoy the yummy food. Right. Right. Well, you know, the very first thing, I would say it really is it, the first and foremost is just to reduce the portion sizes. You know, here's the thing. Those first couple bots, bites are indeed yummy. And you know what? As the time goes on, it's more of the same. So, you know, I just tell people if you could cut down on some of your portion sizes, and it doesn't mean every single meal. I mean, you can take it really slowly and say, you know, today I commit to eating only half of, you know, that steak and then you achieve that and you feel really good okay good now I can tackle rice I'm not going to eat you know my four cups of rice tonight I'm going to just eat one you know and so portion size has a lot to do with it we've always said that you know and even at the American Diabetes Association on some of the food you know plans sample plans that we give sometimes people are shocked sometimes when they see like ice cream on there and we're not saying go eat ice cream and copious amounts, but if you had a half a cup, you know, versus, you know, two cups, it makes a huge difference. You know, it's funny you're asking me this question because I I mostly strictly write cookbooks. I've never really written a straight nutrition book, but if I was to do that, it would probably never sell, and here's the reason why. It would probably be only one page. It would probably be <laughs> eat less, and that's the end of the book. And, you know, And I know that, that sounds really, really simplistic because there's a lot of things involved. There's a lot of science involved. There's a lot of psychology involved, and I get that, and I appreciate that, and I have friends who work in the behavioral sciences, and it's very complex, and it, it involves emotions, and it involves satiety value, and physiological phenomenon, and and it's being studied. And it's very fascinating. I mean, that's not my my domain. Um, so I know I, I don't mean to be so glib about you know just eat less or just pull yourself away from the table because that doesn't make help. But it if you're somebody who can indeed attempt to do that and just realize that how much you have been eating, that is a long way to improving, you know, a person with diabetes as well as, you know, anybody is just, you know, just eating less. Um, we don't, we, and eating more of the most nutritious foods as possible, nutrient-dense foods. And, you know, I always tell my, my own personal clients, you know, make a deal with yourself. You know, you promise to eat at least 80, 85% of really the good stuff, and then, you know what, we're all little kids at heart sometimes. Then you get a treat. And, you know, Sometimes that really does work. It's kind of like get all you got to get all your other stuff in first before you have something. So that old little, you know, what our moms used to do, you can't have uh, cookies until you finish your dinner. <laughs> it's not such a bad thing, you know, because, you know, you're going to be getting in those great foods and you have a small cookie. So what's the harm in that? Um, but so I would really recommend the beginning part of all of this is to analyze how much food you're actually eating. Then looking at your cooking methods. I mean, you're somebody who really blindly throws in, and, I'm, and olive oil is terrific. I love olive, and you'll see it throughout the book in, in cooking with it and other, you know, nice oils. But are you adding just blindly way too much? Are you just adding unnecessary calories without really knowing what you're doing? So sometimes it's just a matter of getting really conscientious of what you're doing. You know, we're so busy. You know, we come home from from work, and then we want to hurry up, and make dinner. You know, we just start throwing oil in the pan or heating it up and, and making things. So maybe just to, the second thing to recommend is to just step back and really see what you are doing um, before you make e- even any changes. Um, 
And then, you know, I always tell my clients to make another deal with yourself to see, you know, maybe once a month try or once every other month, depending upon how adventurous you are, try a new food, you know, to give yourself some variety because variety will help you not only lose weight, but, of course, it's going to give you a better shot at getting all the nutrients that you need. And there are a lot of people who are very picky, and I get it. Not everybody's a foodie. Um, so if, you know, once a month or once every other month, say, I promise I'm going to try, and even if I don't like it, I don't like it, you know, but I will try a new food. And that goes a long way to making things a lot more interesting as well. I love it. Perfect. I, I think those are some really wonderful tips to share. Um, I really like the fact that just, um, you know, try eating a little bit less, you know, each meal. And also the fact that, you know, if you do say eat less, you know, that you're able to reward yourself with something that, you know, might be enticing. I always tell people, you know, you can't say, like me, I was a sugar addict at one time, you know, I could not deny myself sugar because whenever I came across it, then I would just totally binge. So it was like, just cut back a little bit, a little bit. And then lo and behold, what happened was I, uh, began to lose the the craving for the sugar. Right. I think right. what happened was, you know, it was like no more this, you know, I didn't hear my mother's voice saying, eat, you can't have that dessert until you eat those Brussels sprouts, in which I hated Brussels sprouts, yeah. you know. Right. Well, so it was like, you know, I was, yeah, I was able to, you know, reward myself and, Sometimes I reward myself too much, but it was the fact of the matter is just stepping back a little bit each time, a little bit more each time, right, and right. then and then you know you come and find out you really are not you know you really you're not craving it because you've kind of changed your body, right, right. Um, and so and plus you're not denying your you're not di- you're not denying it you're not saying go eat two cups of ice cream but saying okay eat a little bit because you know if you deny yourself it you're gonna want it even more, right? So and you know you what? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? Listening to you, Michelle, it's really where, where it all started from was your commitment. And, you know, without commitment, we're nowhere. Yeah. And you were committed to making those changes. And, you know, that's what I always tell my people with diabetes. You have to have, you have to muster up some commitment here. Um, it's unlike somebody who really, you know, just needs to lose weight and they may not have diabetes. They may be on their, you know, on their way, but, you know, mm-hmm. are not are not technically diagnosed with it. Okay, so it's not that they have any more leeway, but in their mind they figure, ah, you know, I'll lose my weight slowly, what's the rush, you know. But with diabetes, you know, it's an everyday management, day in, day out, and for the most part it has to be as consistent as possible, and that's where you get your results. So, you know, you started with in your mind, Rochelle, the, the story you just conveyed to me was that you were committed. You were committed, and that's where it's got to come from. You've got to be committed to making those changes without the commitment. I mean, nutritionists and doctors can talk till they're blue in the face, and no one will make any changes. You know, you saw something that was more important than the immediacy of <coughs> eating something excuse me, that you like, but you saw beyond that. You saw beyond that to what could be possible if you really ate, you know, better. And you really were more in touch with how you were going to feel and you were going to look and your overall health. And th- getting patients to that that point is really critical. And it's a critical responsibility of, of dietitians and physicians is to try to help their clients to get to that point where they really see far beyond the immediacy of just some simple pleasure of what, you know, what what what's their health all about to them? So 
and I'm glad you shared that story because it can be done. It can be done. Yes. Yes. Okay. So hold on, everyone. This is the segment. This is the part of the show where I um, definitely want to highlight one of our wonderful, fabulous sponsors. And I promise we'll get back with Robin and allow her to enlighten us even more about how we can just take the stress out of preparing our meals and shopping and all that good stuff for the food that we eat um, and really incorporate a more healthier way of living and thinking and eating and shopping when we shop for our foods into our life that doesn't have to be so complex and stressful to us. But right now, I just want to talk to you and share with you this fabulous sponsor that we have on the show called 21 Drops. And 21 Drops is an essential oil company. And what they do is they create not only these fabulous essential oils that are good for our mind, body, and spirit, but they are really, really, um, I want to give them like a type A personality about this essential oils that they, that they create for us and that they extract from the plants and the herbs to make their specific blends. Now, they believe that the essential oils are the root of it all, and they know that the essential oils benefit the mind, body, and spirit. They know that these highly fragrant and concentrated molecules that are extracted from the various parts of the plant, such as the leaves, the fruit, the wood, the seeds, and the flowers, represent a critical part of the plant's immune system and its survival mechanisms. Now, why this is important to us is because plants and man have evolved alongside each other for many years, and believe it or not, we kind of have some of the same chemistry. So whenever man or human either inhales, absorbs these wonderful essence of essential oils into our bloodstream, they interact with our bodies, creating balance and wellness. And that is the science of aromatherapy. That is the principle of what aromatherapy is based upon. At 21 Drops, they source all their essential oils from organically grown herbs and plants that are collected from all over the world. What the result is, is they get the most purest, most highly effective form of the essential oil that is the most beneficial for us to utilize in our bodies. And what they also do is they take these highly effective essential oils and create customized solutions to answer each and every one of 21's drops, uh, what they call their 21 blend solutions, from headache to heartache. Now, 21 Drops believes that when they do this, they're not only empowering their customers to feel better, and be better, but they're empowering their friends and the world all over to feel better, be better, so that we can all live better and do better throughout our lives. Now, if you are looking for a specific essential oil or you're wanting to find out what the customized blends are that 21 Drops has, I highly recommend that you go to 21drops.com. That's the number 21, the word drops with an S, .com, and check out what they have to offer. I guarantee, my friends, that you will find something that not only will you love it, but it will be really, really yummy and nurturing and nourishing to your mind, body, and spirit. Again, that is 21drops.com. And now let's get back to Robin and her fabulous, fabulous information that she's sharing with us about taking the stress from preparing our meals and shopping for the food that we utilize in our meals to create fabulous meals that are yummy, nourishing, and very healthy for us. 
Robin has this wonderful cookbook that we're going to tell you more about in just a little while, but I want to tap into her wisdom because this is such a fabulous subject, and I love talking about food anyways because I love to eat. I think we all do. Um, So, Robin, I just want to drop right back into helping those with diabetes and helping them to understand that they don't have to neglect, or that's not the right word I want to use, but they don't have to um, punish themselves because they have this condition and feel that they have to eat, you know, completely organic and completely healthy to still have good nourishing meals that will not put their blood sugars over the loop, so to speak, and and force them to not feel good. Mm -hmm. Now, I know in your book you talk about having um, doing some meal planning. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us, first of all, why it's important to do a little bit of meal planning for the week? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, if you don't meal plan, period, you're going to find yourself in the store just wandering around, you know, looking like a lost child. Um, so <laughs> it's it's not going to, you know, it's you're going to sit, you're going to waste a lot of your time just kind of wandering and figuring it out in your head. And while our brains usually work pretty good, in this case, trying to figure out all your meals in your head is, is just—it's going to be fruitless. It's going to be difficult for you. So you need to get it down onto paper. Two, you're going to save a whole lot more money. You know, things that are done, um, you know, and on impulse without a plan. You know, anything, and, and not just food. You know, you go in and you you go into a makeup counter and you go, oh, well, I don't know what I want to buy, and you end up buying all the stuff that you're never going to use. So you'll, <laughs> you'll buy food that you may not even get to, cause just because it looks good. You'll be buying it on impulse versus something that's actually planned. Um, and then, you know, this way, when it's organized, if you're part of a family, at least everybody can also have input. You know, you might be the one who does all the cooking, but what if you, you know, buy the stuff only you like or like, and you know that your family doesn't care for some stuff, but you're going to buy it anyway because you like it? Well, you're going to end up just cooking for yourself because not everybody's going to eat what you want. And then, again, you've wasted a lot of money. So I think it's in terms of time and money. You know, a lot of people say, oh, God, I don't want to just sit down and write things down and plan them out. Well, you know what? The upfront and time that you spend will save you a lot of time. Now, it's a little bit different here in the United States because, you know, while we have farmer's markets and you can go and say, oh, those tomatoes look great. I have the inspiration to make this wonderful caprese salad. You know, I can do that, you know, but I've been – a culinary instructor for many, many years, I've honed my craft enough that I'm at that point that I may not every week need to write a plan. But I would say the average person, even if you're a good cook, can't always just, you know, look at something and say, well, I think I'll just make, you know, vichyssoise and blah, blah, blah out of this. You know, you need to write it down. <laughs> and, again, it will save you a lot of money. I, I can't tell you how many souls I have seen in the store standing, just literally standing in, in front of a shelf or in front of a frozen food section and just literally just look like they're staring into space because they just don't know what to do. And if they had a little piece of paper or had it on their phone or their iPad or whatever they want to use um, to organize themselves, it would be a lot easier. Oh, yes. I am, have definitely been guilty of, um, <laughs> I'm going to call that the idle the idle idle stand where you're just like looking like, okay, what am I going to prepare, you know, and then I buy a bunch of stuff and then lo and behold, I don't prepare any of it that week because I prepare something else, you know. So, yes, I I think um, having a a plan is a great idea. Now, can you share with us 
Because I know people are like, well, you know, if I got a list, why do I need to have a meal plan in addition? Because I got a list and I know what's on my list and I know that when I have this list, I'm going to buy these things on this list and I'm going to prepare the food that I'm buying from this list. Why do I need to take more time Mm -hmm. to do a meal plan? Well, I think especially for people with diabetes, if you see the meal plan right now, you can see what's missing you know, you might write out, oh, you know what, I really did forget a vegetable. So you could actually see what's missing from it much better than just from a shopping list. The other thing with meal planning, you don't need to do a lot of it. What you can do is even just do one or, like, maybe two weeks for a month and just change things around. And there'll be hits and there'll be misses. You can even do variations on things. We're not talking about making 31 different kinds of meals, you know, for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. That would be absurd. Um you know, so I would say maybe just doing maybe two weeks, four months, and rotating items and doing variations on items. But I think it, it's nice to see what you're going to eat. And you know what that does also? A meal plan can actually turn into a food diary. And if you are a person with diabetes and you are under the care of, of a registered dietitian, most likely she or he is going to ask you for a food diary, you know, so that they can track what works for your blood sugar and what doesn't. And if you had a meal plan already written out, well, there's your food diary. So it serves two purposes as well. Beautiful. And even for those that are that don't have diabetes or prediabetes, it's really it it really will help you. It will set the tone, I believe, because I think, you know, when I go to places, for instance, there's a place, Safeway, and they have this fabulous corporate kitchen that is open to the public during lunchtime, and I kind of just stumbled on it by accident. But what they will send out to you is the meal plan or, the, the yeah, basically the meal plan for the next week, the week before. So you can look and see at all the yummy stuff that's going to be, that they're going to be preparing each and every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say, okay, today I'm going to go here and I'm going to do the salad bar or, or the, you know, um, Islands of Paradise or whatever they call it. You know, or tomorrow, but it just gives you, you know, you have something forward to look, you have something to look forward to when you see that meal plan prepared out in front of you. Or we all remember when we were in like junior high school or high school, well, maybe not high school, but I do remember in junior high school where we had our lunch, you know, posted for the week. You know, and you're like, oh, great, tomorrow we're going to have tacos. Right, you you remember that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and you, it's something you look forward to or versus, oh, tomorrow we're going to have, you know, Mrs. Clover special, which would be anything. And then you can prepare to bring your own lunch. So right. I, think it, <laughs> I think it just helps us um, really to be more efficient and more effective, not only with our time in the grocery store, but also with our meal preparation. Exactly. Is that, is that Oh, I love it. And this doesn't mean that you can't have, like, you know, you bring home pork and then that night the truth is you really want fish. You know, you're human too. So stuff's going to happen where you're going to change your mind. But if you have a good roundabout um, as much as possible, then there you go. You know, at least if you have your pantry stocked and you have some things stocked, you know, you bought fish and then you want pork instead, well, maybe pork's in the freezer. You can take that out and put the fish in the freezer, you know, so you can play around with it. It doesn't mean you have to exactly stick with what you got. But at least if you had things, you know, pretty well stocked in your kitchen, you can make those kinds of variations. 
Oh, I like it. I like. I just like being having the ability to be flexible, even though it's kind of prepared and planned. You're you can still be flexible with it, and I, and I think in today's times, how we're always everyone's going twenty four seven, I think that will open up a lot for everyone. You know. So thank you for sharing that. The other thing I want to ask you about, because you know they have these different diets. I hate that word diet, but I'm going to say different ways of eating, which regards to, you know, our calorie intake. Do you have, um, in the cookbook, do you have specific meals or specific um, recipes that, you know, follow, say, the 1,500-calorie diet or the 1,800 calories per day or, you know, the you know, 2,000 calories per day. Um, do you have specifics in the cookbook that line up with that, or or what's your take on that? Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm just trying to think how I want to answer this question. Um, hmm. I don't have free- this question. Um, I just yeah. Well, feel free to say what's ever on your mind. I mean, you know, it's 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 my show, and I'm in control, and. I'm giving you the authority to say whatever is on your mind with regards to that. Um, gosh, I don't, hmm. let me see. Maybe you can rephrase the question a little bit, and then I can answer a little bit better. <laughs> okay, how about this? Okay, so I'm going to just rephrase it as if I'm a person that I have been told that I have to follow a 1,500-calorie-per-day diet. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for some really nutritious things mm-hmm. that I can prepare um, that's going to keep me in my boundaries of my restrictions for calorie intake, but I want them to be yummy and I want them to give me sustainable energy. Is there anything like that in your cookbook that, say, I can prepare one thing or prepare a couple of things that I can group together that will help me to stay within, quote-unquote, that right. calorie restriction? Well, in the book, you know, we have about, oh, boy, I think it's like six or seven pages of complete Meals. So that actually was done by one of the registered dietitians on staff at ADA, and she put together my recipes with, you know, an overall food program. So I think that those are, you know, beyond even my own book, I think that following something, again, that would need to really be designed by a registered dietitian um, could work. Um you know, calories certainly, if one of the goals of a person who has diabetes is to lose weight, you know, it, they need to watch the calories. Um, so I think there's no harm in actually following something that's has a lot of guidelines to it. You just have to make sure it's going to fit for you. Um, and that's why I always recommend that people work with somebody over time. And I'm not, I'm not putting down you know, books that are written for the public, you know, follow this 1300 or follow this Paleo or follow this Atkins or follow this. I'm not putting them down because in some semblance of everything, there's pieces of those things that do really work for people. But I think when you're talking about something as serious as diabetes, you really can't mess around. And I think it's best to go right straight to the source. And there's, you know, there are people who are just well-educated in the field you know, to help. Um, And I just think in the long run, over time, talking with a professional is going to make a lot lot better sense. And I think it's just going to be a lot more effective than just following something blindly. Now, in the book, we have it written that way, but it goes along with my food. 
So that that our recommendation though is to take that food plan then to your own dietitian and say, well, what do you think of this? You know, I really like the way that Robin put this together. But the truth is, I don't like, uh, I'm making this up, but I don't like nuts, you know, or I don't like yogurt. So what, and then ask, then they can ask the dietitian, what can I substitute instead so it will come out to approximately the same amount of calories. And that's where you get, you know, involved in good work with a person who's trained with this is really how to tweak your diet so that it really works for you. Again, I don't think that there's anything terribly wrong with pre-printed things or a blanketed program, there are pieces and bits that can work quite well. Um, I just think of something as serious as diabetes, you really need to work with somebody. Beautiful. And you guys out there listening, just in case, I know she said ADA, and if you don't know what that means, that means the American Diabetic Association. So I just just, um, like to clarify that for those that don't have diabetes and have no clue what that means it's the American Diabetic Association, and she and she is she is telling you guys even though she has this fabulous cookbook and all that, if you are in a state where you've been diagnosed pre-diabetic or di- or you do have diabetes, take her cookbook. Of course, buy it. I'm highly going to recommend mm. you buy it. But also, you know, run run it by your dietitian if quote unquote you have one that you're working with, or uh, it's not going to be your physician because they're um, I hate to say it they're not going to be um, as versed on the nutritional aspects as probably, someone they also that usually don't have the time on top of that. that yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm being nice. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you can't. They, they can't get all of that in that 15 minute visit that they have with you. That's going to soon turn into 10 minutes because the influx of people they're going to be needing to see and treat. But you know, if you are connected with a certified uh, diabetic educator or a registered dietitian or, uh, you know, professional uh, person that um, I'm not sure of the correct term for a nutritionist, but someone that focuses or that's their area of expertise, get the cookbook, take it to them, have them help you do the meal planning and, you know, create lists for your shopping. That's going to make everything a lot smoother for you, especially if this is all new to you. It's going to be a lot. And so you just want to make it as smooth as possible. And having Robin's cookbook is a great way to start. Now, Robin, um, I know we're coming up on our time a little bit, and, and you know, this is um, definitely something that's near and dear to my heart just because um, I don't have diabetes that runs in my family, but I, um, I, I, I'm a nurse, and, you know, I've, I've have taken care of a lot of diabetics. And so is there something that you – some words of wisdom that you can share – with those out there listening that may have family members that are, you know, non-compliant or compliant or suffering from diabetes, or them themselves, they just want to, they just want to feel better. Is there some words of wisdom that you can share with regards to preparing our meals and planning our meals and and doing our shopping that is going to bring a little bit of hope and enlightenment to those? Well, you listening? know, I think it goes back to something you said that. You know, you have one body, and if you can think of the food not as just right or wrong or bad or good or tastes good and tastes bad, rather that it's your house that you live in, and you need to feed it. And would you really let your house fall apart all around you? Um, It's all that you really have. Um, And I think you have to look at the food as a gift, and especially Americans, because, you know, if you really got in touch with what's 
really going around in some of the parts of the world that there is no food or there is just such a limited supply of food, you get to see how incredibly lucky you are that you even have the choices of food. And why not make the right choice? Um, I always tell people to just be very thankful of what they have and that they all they have is their body, you know, their body just moves through the day. And without a body that's fueled properly, you're not going to get much done. And you may think you are getting things done, but in the long run, it's all going to catch up to you. Um, the body just doesn't eventually, you know, it'll eventually give out even if you've not taken care of it. Um, sure, you know, things are important in life, but there's nothing more important than, than you. There really is nothing more important than you. Because without you the rest of your family doesn't get you. Your colleagues don't get you. Your friends don't get you. You have to take care of you. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. My my heart is just glowing because I say that all the time. If you don't take care of yourself, no one else is going to do that for you. You know, your doctor's not, your nurse is not, your mom's not, your dad's not, your kids aren't. You have to really make yourself a priority and, and really take good care of yourself. And, you know, like people put all their energy into taking good care of their car, making sure their car is maintained, you know, especially with winter coming up, you know, that oil, you know, oil chains, tune up, you know, antifreeze, all that kind of stuff that you do for your car. You put that time and you invest in that, but so many people don't take that and reciprocate it on themselves. And so I like what you just shared because that is really, really, really beautiful. My friends out there listening, I just want to share. I didn't, I didn't go into this in the beginning because I just wanted to jump right into the, the topic and get Robin's words of wisdom. But let me share with you this incredible woman that we are gifted to have here on Blissful Living to help us to just have a a better shopping and meal planning and and healthy eating experience. Robin is an award-winning cookbook author, nutritionist, and the food editor of Diabetes Forecast. Now, she's written over 15 cookbooks, so she's not this is not her first one and she's just out here touting it and thinking it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. She is really an expert at this and 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 this is what she does for a living. She also has written the best seller, Diabetic Meals in 30 Minutes or Less. If you are diabetic and you don't have that book, go get that book because she is she's gifted with wisdom to help all of us to, to just eat better and have a better experience with food and cooking. Now, check this out. She has been on the Food Network, one of my favorite channels, Martha Stewart Radio, Lifetime Television, Discovery Channel, CNN, CBS, ABC, ESPN, and many more. Her work has been highlighted in the Washington Post, Women's Day, USA Today, Fine Cooking, and um, online health and fitness and food websites as well as magazines. Now, Robin, she did mention she's a culinary expert, but she kind of just blew past that. But she's also – a good nutritionist, and she helps, you know, so many people through her workshops and classes and, you know, her speaking services. And also, you guys, if you are out there and you just want her personally, I'm sure you might be able to hire her as a private chef for you. So with that, I'm going to just open it up one more time for Robin to share with us how we can get more of her, her book, and – um and, you know, where she may be appearing next that you may, if you're in the area, you may want to go check her out. So, 
Robin, how can we get the books? Or the, well, the, yes, there's, the, there's the books. two ways yes. to do it. You can either go to shop diabetes, all one word, shopdiabetes.org. So the book will be there. And then, of course, the biggest bookseller on the Internet, Amazon.com, <laughs> of course, or else. So between Amazon or shopdiabetes.org, we really love you to come to shopdiabetes.org because you can really see all the diabetes books. Not only mine, I have colleagues who I love to promote who are just wonderful who have some new books out as well. Um, so we'd love you to come there. And if anybody wishes to, they can look at my website. It's just my name, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, W-E-B-B dot com. That's my website. If they'd like to contact me through social media, I'm extremely active on social media. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Robin Webb, and my uh, Facebook is Robin Webb, M as in Marion, S as in Sam. Um, so Facebook, Twitter, doesn't matter. Um, we'd, I'd love to. I love to hear from people. I hear from people all day long. So it's it's really a pleasure. I'm here in the Washington D.C. area, and I do service Virginia, Maryland, and the D- district. I teach uh, private culinary lessons. I also have a private practice uh, dealing with nutritional issues. Of course, diabetes being one of them. And as you had mentioned, I am the food editor of the Diabetes uh, Diabetes Forecast Magazine, which is the award-winning magazine of the American Diabetes Association. I've been uh, a consultant to with the, with the uh, association, I think since 1994 or five, I can't even remember now, and it is one of <coughs> it is the foremost leading authority on everything diabetes. So we love to have new members, and your first source of information should always come from the American Diabetes Association. Yay! Thank you so much, Robin. My for pleasure. Being a Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're a ton of fun. I had, I had a great time. You have a terrific sense of humor and a great laugh, and it's always welcome when I do radio. And uh, it's nice. It's a uh, it's a nice flowy conversation. I always enjoy those kinds of interviews very much. Yay! That's my goal because I, I you know I don't I, I hate to say interview because I really like to have a conversation. It really was a nice conversation. I so I think yeah, it's your time. And I think the listeners appreci- appreciate it. You know more versus just question and answer it it, it brings a little life in our we get to bring our personalities and um you know our sweetness no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) and you were so good so i would just like to say thank you so much for being a guest on blissful living i know my listeners are just like cracking up between me and you and you know and and plus getting a, a ton of information that's so vitally important to health and well-being and, of course, always helping them to, you know, reduce or eliminate stress from their life. So thank you so much. My and pleasure. for you guys out oh, yeah, um, yeah, thank you. And for you guys out there listening, um, you have been listening to Blissful Living, had a fabulous guest by the name of Robin Webb, um, and I will have all her information posted on the site so that um, you can follow up. And please go to Amazon.com or the site that she mentioned, which was, um, say it again, Robin, real quick. Oh, shopdiabetes.org for the book. Yes, shopdiabetes.org. shopdiabetes.org. And, and, and support her and, um, and, and enlighten yourself with new ways that you can cook healthy, be healthy, especially if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic. Um, but not just for you guys that are in the diabetic state, also for us normal, regular people as well. Alrighty, I'm running my mouth and I'm mm-hmm. close to time. So again, thank you all very much for being here, listening to me. As always, I'm wishing you peace to your mind, tranquility to your spirit, and wellness to your body. Until next week, 
Have a fabulous week, and please incorporate some of the tips that Robin shared, and I will be back with you next week. Take good care, everyone, and bye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.